Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up Podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces. Today, I am testing our audience out a little bit. Here's what I would like from you. I need to find out whether you enjoy, well, not actually, I was going to say enjoy, but not necessarily enjoy. Enjoy is definitely a bonus, but do you listen to the pre-podcast ramble? And this right here, right now, this is what is the ramble. The couple of minutes before we get stuck into the chat with our special guest for the week where I talk about anything, everything, nothing's off limits. It could be something that's off the top of my head at the time or it could be something like this. I never know until I actually hit go and start recording and I kind of enjoy it. But I want to find out whether you do listen to it. So here's my test. If you do listen to this rambly part, uh, then I'd love for you to leave a comment in uh, the comment section, funnily enough, uh, on any of our social media platforms where we uh, promote the podcast uh, or even pop it on on the app that you're listening to this uh, this episode, leave it on, on the app or and leave us a review as well. That'd be great if you could leave us a review there. I want you to answer this question. If you were to do a TED Talk, what would your talk be about? I'm just keen, I'm keen to know. So this is this is A, a test to see if people listen to this bit. But B, I want to find out a little bit more about our audience. So I'd love for you to let me know. Like what what kind of expert are you? Do you think you could be? It could be it could be something that where you really are a proper expert. It's your job, it's your passion, whatever. Or it could be funny. Like I do funny. I like funny as well. But I'm just interested. Let's have a bit of fun. Uh, let's see whether you actually listen to this part or whether you skip over it. Because I get it. I listen to one podcast and his pre-interview ramble, it goes for about 18 minutes. And as I just pretty much keep going until I find the interview. So I get it. And I won't be, I might be a little bit offended. I won't be too offended if you don't listen to it. So anyways, leave a comment uh, on the social media uh, platforms where we promote this. And uh, yeah, I'll... Uh, Let's see what happens. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Jen, Annette, did I get that right, Annette? <laughs> it's actually Annette, but everybody oh. says Annette. It's okay. It's not. I <laughs> um, need to do better. <laughs> there is a very small handful of people that pronounce it properly. And in the race world, it's just been easier just to go with it. So but I've caught myself sometimes pronouncing it wrong because it just kind of goes <laughs> with, through the race. Uh, um, I guess, well, everything with races and announcements and everything else. And you just get caught up in everything. And then I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> I, I fell into the same trap everybody else did, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. So it's Jen and it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And were you confused because I assume that's your husband's surname? Yes. Yeah. Did you get it wrong in the beginning? When you I were actually getting have, used to it? I have no idea, to be honest. I don't think so. No, I didn't because his dad, like my father-in-law, it drove him crazy. Mm. People pronouncing it wrong. So it was definitely drilled 
very hard into my brain <laughs> not not mispronounce it so uh you're like the first time you meet meet them nice to meet you mr and mrs arnett and you're like right sit down we need to have a discussion yeah. okay. <laughs> pretty right. much but it's all good it's just there's not an e on the end right but people glance at it and then just want to pronounce it like the french kind of like first name right so yeah it's okay there's and bigger I, things in life to worry about well true but I'm notorious <laughs> at getting it wrong. I do my best to try, but I uh, am notorious at getting names uh, pronounced incorrectly. Or if I try, they're like, don't even try. <laughs> but your name's not not really that hard to get right. It's just knowing, I guess. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on. Now, Jen, you are... I was just uh, having a quick scroll through your website uh, the other day and uh, what's your hashtag race tough um yes now now i've seen yeah. some tough things but <laughs> but what i want to ask you is why why race tough why is that it's kind of like your your tagline i guess yeah so james young is who kind of redid my website for me and he came up with the idea of it and he's like i just think it suits you and your personality and everything you do about you and what you've been through so and I was like, you know what, it, I am totally digging it. Like I have no second thoughts about it. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I do, right? Nothing matters when you're, you're in a race, you race tough, you put 110% of everything out there and, you know, stick it up, stick it through even the worst of times, which I've done all but once. <laughs> but oh, we'll uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but I don't know that's just that's just the way it is like when I when I'm out there racing on race day it's uh I'm not all there for or not there for all the fluffiness and just to be there and whatnot I'm there to put my head down and do my absolute best and that's I don't know it's I guess just being tough right yeah <laughs> Well, absolutely. And you said this, sorry, was it James who did your website? You yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he said that race tough sort of is how you race, but you also said that he said it was a bit of your personality as well, which um, I guess my question to you is you, you come across as very bubbly and lovely <laughs> and yeah, giggly. Um, how does that fit with your personality off the racetrack? Uh, do tough and stubborn fall into the same category? <laughs> so yeah, it, anybody that knows me or has met me will tell you that I'm probably one of the most stubborn people they've ever met. So <laughs> I try to use it in a nice way, not like a a-hole stubborn, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I am like when I when I want to do something, I, my head's down and I'm doing it. I don't care. So it's, yeah, that's just the way I am. <laughs> and, and would your parents say that that's how you have always been? Do you remember that growing up being that kind of person? Uh, well, you know what? No, not yes and no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I was never really a, like a super outgoing. I would, person or kid I was pretty shy and picked on a lot as a kid but right. which is 
maybe why now I have a tougher side to be, I don't know. Um, but I know for a fact with my parents that I was definitely the bigger pain in the ass between me and my brother. So <laughs> I guess there is some truth to that. <laughs> are, you the, are you the younger, youngest? No, I'm the oldest. Ah, I would have assumed yeah. the youngest just for, well, maybe that's just me re- reflecting um, or sorry, re- projecting uh, because my brother, younger brother was the biggest pain in the ass in our family. So maybe I'm just assuming that that's the youngest sibling's role. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I paved the way for my brother. I think he had it pretty easy after I went through, <laughs> but that's okay. Can't go back and change it now. <laughs> True. True. And you guys are close now? Uh, me and my brother? Yeah. Or parents or, yeah, uh, yeah we're your... all close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get onto that, but I, I, I want to go back to, um, you know, racing tough. Can, can we go through, um, <laughs> I keep, I keep <laughs> laughing because there is a certain race, probably one of your last, was it your last race? Official, last yep. official race that you did where something happened. And we're going to get to that. We're just kind of teasing the audience here. Um, <laughs> but, but can we go through some of the, um, the tough times, tough races that you have been through over your career and those ups and downs? Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, an Ironman is tough no matter what. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a first timer, if you've done a hundred of them, they're yeah. always tough. And there's always some sort of element that's going to come into play something unexpected unless you have that extremely unusual perfect day which almost never happens but, but once in a while hurt, it might right? still got oh hurt. they do yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's physical mental I've always joked actually that it would be really funny if somebody could tap a microphone into your brain and listen to the conversations that you have with yourself because it is quite funny and I know I even talk to myself out loud while I'm racing too and then realize that I'm like I yes hey I can't be the only one that does that I agree I I think everyone loses their marbles in some some capacity during an iron distance race every single person yeah it's usually about 32 kilometers into the run is where I hit that like argument with myself but um yeah, I mean, once, well, obviously, once I turned pro, I started racing more. Um, in 2015 is when I decided to race full-time and quit my quit my full-time job. Um, well, I realized I thought you had been, don't take offense to this, I thought you'd been yeah. in, in the sport as a pro for a little bit longer. Uh, well, I started racing pro in 2013, but it was oh, just okay. a couple challenge races here when challenge came in to Penticton when Ironman left. Uh, um, okay. yeah. So it was just being a local, I, you know, I just had my kid, I was back at work full time and it was more or less a, Hey, it's not going to cost you anything to give it a shot. So yeah. Roll that's kind of. Yeah, exactly. So and then came in third and I was like, okay, well, next year I might as well just do the same thing, right? So did it again and then realized how the positive impact of the sport and how much I loved it that I'm like, I need to make a decision if I don't. And I hated my job at the bank. Like you wouldn't believe it was horrible. And I'm like in that, like 
if I don't quit now, I'm going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. Right. And you know what I mean? They just yeah. kind of rope you in with all the bells and whistles and good stuff. But um, yeah, so 2015 is when I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a, sh- a shot. Like it, it is now or never. I'll always have something to fall back on um, if this plan doesn't go that well. Um, so my very first pro race in 2015 was in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Um, and that was the year that it was insanely hot it was like uh I don't know like 42 42 degrees 45 degrees something like that are you in Celsius yeah 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 you're Celsius okay yeah we're good yeah perfect (laughs) but for a second I was like Fahrenheit that's not hot is it and then I'm oh no 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 (laughs) yeah I think they measured like 112 or something off the pavement or I don't know it was more than that it was or no, it was closer to 50. I don't even care. It was really flipping hot. And, um, I, at that time, I mean, I do live in the Okanagan, but I didn't used to do that well in heat at all. And then I got my first drafting penalty and it was a bogus call. We won't go there, but anyways, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was, it was just a really stupid male age group issue call you know those ones right exactly (laughs) so that kind of and that was on the first loop of the bike so I sat in the penalty tent right before we went out in the second loop and I was like oh my god I'm like you know I had my typical not so great swim (laughs) and managed to pick off a bunch of these girls you know I was picking my way through on the bike and then I got this it is yes yeah 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 Yep. Um, well, I wish swimming was my thing, but it's not. (laughs) Now the bike's bike's more fun. It's way more fun. You can go way faster. (laughs) That's how I look at it as well. Like the bike is like, you're a, you're a kid again. Like that's where you actually, it's just wee, just that's when you're having fun. And then it's just sandwiched by the other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, so yeah, to make a long story short, basically I like in the penalty tent for five minutes and I'm raging, like I'm so mad and really let that kind of take over. I'm like, ah, I can catch all the rest of these girls. And I'm like, I'm just thinking of like Chrissy Wellington, the year that she blew those flats and she like just ate her way through back through everybody. And I'm like, I can do this. I can make it back through everybody. Not when you're not used to that heat <laughs> and you haven't been doing this as long. And I was self-coach at that time as well. Um, not okay. saying that that was bad, but there's still a lot to learn from an outsider's cool. point of view, right? Doesn't matter how experienced you are. Um, and by the time I got to the run, I was so hot. It was my nutrition had gone to junk and you can I, swear on this podcast by the way if you if okay. you're inclined to swear <laughs> go for it i'm trying to screen my awful potty mouth so it so, so just comes out so if you yeah. kids there and you don't want to um swear in front of your kid i understand but feel free to okay count it out. <laughs> let it go I, I love a swear word i love it adds flavor to a story um and especially because a lot of people aren't actually watching this, they're going to be just be listening to it. Just swearing okay. just adds a little bit of a bit of flavor. 
Okay. So Perfect. I won't, I won't censor myself then. <laughs> um, yeah. So I ended up basically walking and puking the entire run and I was so like, I'm, but I'm like, I can't quit. Like, this is my first like Ironman race as a pro. This is like my first, you know, go at actually pursuing this as a pro. And I'm like, you can do so much better than that. And then I have a really guilty conscience. So I'm like, there's so many people that know that I'm racing here and I'm letting everybody down. I'm like, I don't even care about myself at this point. Like, I just don't want to be a disappointment to the rest of the people of my life. And um, yeah, so that's basically like, I, I'm like, just do your best and make it across the, across the finish line. And uh, Johnny, my coach now was actually there with a couple of other athletes because Coeur d'Alene only about a five hour drive from where we live. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's awesome. Ah. Um, yeah, so we were there with a few other people from Penticton, and he was riding his bike along beside me and said something about like, oh, if you want to race Whistler in a month, you should quit. I'm like, I'm not freaking quitting. I'm not blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I've never had a DNF. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not quitting. He's like, well, you really need to think about it if you do want to like give it another shot, right? Because Penticton small we all know each other and and whatnot and I was just like leave me alone let me finish like you, go go coach the people that you're actually coaching <laughs> like I'm not quitting like, <laughs> were, were there a few swear words then surely I'm pretty sure <laughs> all I know is that my stomach was yeah exactly pretty much left all over the ground everywhere okay. um yeah so that uh, yeah that was my nice rude awakening to racing Ironman as a pro um so there was kind of my like I'm not quitting right like I just yeah. can't at all I just am not a quitter I don't care I'm I don't have anything to prove, but I just, why quit? Like, yeah. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think like I raced Whistler and then came in third and I was like, okay, this is great. And yeah. in the, in between time I hired Johnny as a coach. <laughs> Cause that was kind of that like breaking point where I'm like, you know what? Might be a good idea. Or like, I want to see, you know, if somebody else can see like, take a look at what I'm doing and what I've done and see if it's even the right decision to pursue it professionally. Like, is there potential there or is there not? Because yeah. I don't want to be pursuing something that is pointless, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that was 2015. And then I had a, I've had a really bad strain of races in heat where I've walked the, the run puked walked puked walked <laughs> um yeah so I I don't know and then uh when I raced here in 16 for the ITU long course championships um I came off well actually I was leading the run because I came off the bike in second but Melanie McQuaid dropped out partway into the the first part of the run I think she had an injury at that point uh yep um yeah so I was I ended up running in first 
And I'm like, this is awesome in your hometown, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Jeez. I'm like, just be smart. And, but um, Liz Lyles was not that far behind me. And we all know what a great runner she is. Jeez. And I totally had it. Like, I was at peace with it in my head the entire race that I'm like, doesn't matter where I am. She's a faster runner. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm okay with that because I just, I can't compete with that right? Be like me trying to compete with Lucy Charles for swimming. It just, it's not even, you know what I mean? Just don't do that. And um, yeah, she passed me with like, I don't even know, like three, four kilometers to go, maybe a little bit more. Um, And then she only stayed about 15 seconds ahead of me. And I'm like, okay, I could maybe hang on to this. And yeah, I think it was only about three and a half K. And so I just kept her the same distance. And a friend of mine, just as I was about to turn into the last like kilometer and a half or so, um, she's like, you gotta go get her. She's like, you could be 99% fit, but if your brain is like taking up that other or mentally, you're like not even like 1% there or whatever, um, you won't be able to do it like you're not going to do it. Like you yeah. need to, doesn't matter how fit you are, if your brain's not in it. Yeah. And, um, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Like yeah, yeah. the analogy yeah, yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I was just like, Oh, you know what? Screw this. Like yeah. I'm like third place is so far back now. I could probably walk the next kilometer and a half. So really I have nothing to lose. Give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. And I ran her down and ended up passing her I don't know probably about half k to the finish line yeah and I just I don't I don't even want to know what I look like it was <laughs> the epitome of the worst ugliest running style ever <laughs> and just like gasping for air I'm like this is awful and I just every corner I went around I'm trying to look behind to see if she's right behind me expecting her to be right on my butt and yeah I ended up coming in first so I mean there was my little like you know mm-hmm. put your head down there's always a little bit more to give you just got to figure out how to untap it right yeah so, so that, yeah that was clearly a pivotal moment in in showcasing what you can actually do because I, I get it going head to head with Liz Lyles on a run <laughs> she's a machine she's an incredible runner um exactly so and that's why like I was at peace with that in my head right because I'm like Mm. you know there's things that I'd love to do there's a reality of things (laughs) the reality is she's a faster runner but at that time I was like you know what like do it see what you can do and I'm like it's not gonna be pretty (laughs) you might not make it to the finish line (laughs) but you can still still get second exactly and really you're never going to know unless you try right yeah that's awesome so is that really a moment that's cemented for you that yes I'm doing the right thing I you know chasing this career of I shouldn't say chasing because you're in it um yeah but you know choosing the career of a professional triathlete was that really a cementing moment um yeah I would say so for sure um I mean, the year before, when I came in third at Ironman Canada after my awful Coeur d'Alene experience, um, <clears throat> that was definitely 
showed me that it was a step in the right direction. Mm. Um, but winning here against the field that I was in was, yeah, definitely a, like you've made the right decision kind of point. So yeah. it was great. Yeah. Please excuse this very brief interruption. I'm just here to say, if you are not already a Wits Up Patreon member, please consider signing up. It really helps us out and supports Wits Up to continue to bring you powerful narratives of women in sport. Just click the link in the description below uh, or just simply go to patreon.com slash witsup. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash witsup. And I assume you know how to spell witsup. Uh, okay, back to the podcast. So let's fast forward to 2019 in Kona at the Ironman World Championships. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> before we get into the situation, what kind of – and this question is a good question to ask after the, the, the race because whatever asked this kind of question um, pre-race, no one gives you a, a, an honest answer. Like you can have <laughs> like No one is on that island and giving a, a very honest answer. Um, cause you don't want to give, give away your game plan. Right. But nope. lead, <laughs> leading into that race, what kind of form were you in? What, what was your goal? Uh, top 10 was my goal. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a re- like, well, I'd love to do better than that, but <clears throat> I think, um, realistically top 10 yep. was a, a, a good goal to have. And I knew that if I had the race, well, the day go as well as it, could mm. within my capability that it was very probable that I would be in those in that top 10 yeah um my after what happened in 2018 all of my shifting got all shorted out from that rainstorm the night before along with a bunch of other people yep, yep. yeah yep. so I was in probably the best shape of my life going into that race in 2018 um and then obviously that affected it I still finished but it took me out of any contention for a top 10 right yeah so having been there the year before and knowing a little bit more what to expect with well I mean I raced there in 2008 but a lot changes in 10 years (laughs) (laughs) um just with the hype of being a pro and everything I was so much more relaxed in 2019 when I was there um like it was just I, yeah, I tried not to get my, let my nerves get the best of me and just, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but like, yeah. I, yeah, I just felt really, really comfortable going, going into the race and I'd put, you know, a super solid amount of training in and I, we, I had the opportunity to go two weeks early before the race, mm. um, to climatize and so I'd invested that time my family invested that time into me to allow me to go yeah um so I was feeling really really good because I put in some really solid training sessions and feeling really good in the heat which for me that that was a huge mental thing for me because I do have a bad history of the heat affecting me And I had really felt like I had nailed down everything I needed to nail down to perform well in the heat. Um, Yeah, so I was feeling fantastic going into the race. You know, I was hoping I was going to have a solid swim 
um, and then kind of knew what I was up against on the bike Mm -hmm. and then well run better than I did the year before and not be sick and I was feeling really good about that so Yeah. yeah not really like too much of a game plan other than you know stick to your own plan and not yeah. race somebody else's race which yeah. is the way I usually try to go but yeah yeah but yeah it sounded like you're in <clears throat> tip-top shape you were um relaxed but confident as well which is yeah I think I think leading into a world championship is you know three very key things to to have you know in your arsenal for sure um but unfortunately <laughs> Uh, something that was, uh, it was not a rainstorm. It's a media motorbike that's fucking with your race. And yep. so essentially you got hit by a motorbike on course going, it was going around the corner, wasn't it? On a leaky drive. Is that right? No, not. Uh, no, it was going down Polanyi. Polanyi. Sorry. Polanyi. Yeah. So I was. Mm, probably two thirds of the way down the hill before that sharp left hand yep. turn. Yep. Um, so, so only that's, that's what hot corner to a lot of spectators. Yeah. Who's listening. That's, that's where we're talking about that hot corner on basically at the very beginning of the race. <laughs> yeah. I think it was about two and a half kilometers in or so. Yeah. If that <laughs> you're not even warmed up yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. And I was, you know, I was, I didn't quite have the swim that I thought I was going to have compared to the practice swim that we'd done a week before. So, um, I came out about three minutes slower than I had anticipated. So I was a little bummed about that. It was really like focusing on trying to like regroup my head and what I needed to do to get myself back to, you know, back in the game and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, nobody expects a media motorcycle to just slam you off <laughs> so, so, what, so and so I guess the I guess one of the reasons I'm so interested in this story is being a media person being on the back of the motorbikes and being hyper aware of athletes around me um even though as the media as the passenger it's not my job to be aware of the other athletes that's that's fully in control of the rider. I ask them to do something and if it's safe to do it, they do it. If it's not, that's completely their call. Um, yeah. Because you know, it's hard for me to look at what's happening behind and in front while I'm, you know, with my eyes on the viewfinder on the camera. So that is yeah. like, like in any, the, the driver's in control, the passenger, I'm not a backseat driver. Like that's just how it goes. No. But, um, but I also know the way that, triathletes race and I know how fast bikes go and how they and how triathletes handle bikes so I I feel like compared to a motorbike rider I've got a little bit more uh knowledge and so I will keep my eye on things and let them know if they're probably getting a bit too close or what have you um so I guess what I'm getting at is first of all what actually happened you're going around the corner and they tried to undertake you or overtake you or something or no. So I, I turned to go down Polani. Yep. I was going about 50 ish K an hour at that point. Cause I was yep. coming down into where I knew I needed to slow down and not hit the spectators. Yep. <laughs> um, and I'd seen out of the corner of my eye that a motorcycle kind of on my left side. Right. Yep. Right. We're going down 
Um, so the motorcycles on my, on my left side and I was aware that it was there and I had gotten up like onto my bars to break, to go into the corner. And it, it was like, I, the way I remember it is almost slow motion. Like I just, it, he just turned right in front of me, like just not a clue that I was even there. And it was like, I just remember yelling like, no, 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 no. And then, yeah, (laughs) that was it. So I like, there was no warning, no nothing. Like I was focused on where I was going. I was where I was supposed to be. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. in the wrong in terms of where I was on the road. Um, In my opinion, a motorcycle should not even be in that section of the course Mm. it is way too like there's too much speed and too much going on everybody coming out of the water is so clumped up at that point Mm. like I don't I don't know if he was trying to turn in somewhere and turn around like but Mm. either way he they basically just went straight across the the race line so I went yeah into the back think like the back side yeah. of it like I basically t-boned it for yeah, yeah. lack of better terms yeah. um and then the next thing I knew I was on the ground and I'm like my, my bike is like over here my bottles are over here and I'm like I'm in so much pain I can barely move yeah um mostly I think having the wind knocked out of me um yeah. and then yeah there's <laughs> There was a lot going on at that point in the next few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can't really, I like, I was more mad than anything. Once I could get my breath back, um, I'm like, I don't know, everything hurts. I'm like, my, my sh- like shoulder blade area was killing me, my side, my wrist, like, like everything. But I'm like, okay, I'm like, it doesn't seem like anything is like, like I can move. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I'm like, once I got up, off the ground there was some other people there obviously that helped um because there's a lot of spectators in there um my husband actually was at the top of the hill um and he he was down there somehow my coach was there too I don't know where he came from but (laughs) um and I just I was basically just like give me my fucking bike back let me get on the bike like Mm. I don't like I just let me go he's like I'm I'm not stopping and everybody's like what hurts what hurts I'm like I don't care like just let me go you're and then somebody pointed out they're like you're not going anywhere your front wheel is shattered I'm like are you fucking kidding me and I just started screaming at anybody I'm just like somebody get me tech support (laughs) like I need a wheel right like I'm just like somebody's got to be out there like call call something in like we're like you know, like just yeah. get me a wheel and get me back on this bike. I'm like, have no idea how much time has passed at this point. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't care. I did not come here a second time to have a shit race. Yeah. Like I'm here to do what I need to do. And it just so turns out. And I mean, I, and then I'm freaking out because I'm like, I can't take anybody else's wheel because it's outside support. And I'm going to get disqualified and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And my husband actually had broken his leg and had his cast taken off the day before he flew out to Hawaii. So yeah. Ventum had lent him a loaner bike for a race day so that he could get around yeah. and which just happened to have race wheels on it. 
so he there was no tech support showing up whatever right yeah. and he's like just take the wheel take the wheel and everybody's telling me to take the wheel and I'm like arguing at everybody else and I'm like I can't I'll get disqualified and yeah. I think at the end of the day everybody else there probably knew that I wasn't going to end up finishing the race anyways but in my head I'm like I don't care and then yeah. I ended up putting the wheel on because I didn't have a choice at that point yeah um and I'm in my head I'm like I'll just deal with this at the end of the day like I, yeah. I have a valid argument at this point <laughs> about what happened I'm yeah. like I'll deal with the flipping wheel yeah. and so I took off and that was at Joaquini Highway which is not the smoothest pavement ever I think once I kind of like sort of calmed down I was like wow I hurt a lot <laughs> and I'm like eh, but I'm so mad right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like I don't care like I'm just mad and I just want to get out there and race and when it came back down and it we all know this spectators are amazing and all the cheers that I had coming back up Polani before heading out um on the Queen K like I'm like this is amazing like this is so cool I'm like you got this you can do this right yeah. And I'm like, okay, I had to revamp my nutrition because I'd lost all my nutrition bottles in the crash. So I'm like, okay, like figure this out, be smart. I'm like, you know, what's on course. Like you just like, don't be stupid and not take anything in. Right. So like figure out calories and all that stuff in your head. Like <laughs> it's yep. not the first time you've had to do something like this. Yeah. Um, and I made it out. Well, yeah, it was about 150k in where the pain really started to set in. I think adrenaline had kind of kicked away. And I'm like, every time I went to like reach back to get a bottle, I'm like, oh my God, like I can barely between my like my wrist and my ribs. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, there was just so much referred pain through like it was almost like from my spine wrapping all the way around to my chest. So it was really hard to pinpoint where the pain yeah. is actually coming from. And I don't know. I I passed a couple of other pros that weren't having good days. We kind of like gave each other the whole like you know, have a good race. Don't quit. Like yeah. blah, 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 blah. Right. You know what you do. Yeah. And somehow in that last 30 kilometers, I convinced myself that the pain would go away once I started running. Cause we know <laughs> out, of, out of all three, running's the least painful. So yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, you're just, you'll be so much better once you're off the bike. You're not in this position anymore. Like, I'm like, you're fine. I'm like, pop a couple Tylenol. Like you'll be good to go. Like that'll take the edge off of it. And I start running and I'm like, oh my God, I've taken like half breaths. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, just relax, just relax. I'm just, you know, get through it. And I got up to one corner and I saw a friend and she's just like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I just started like bawling. And I'm like, oh, it hurts so much. I'm like, I can't do this. And then I'm like, no, you have to do this. You can't like, and then it's that mental like argument that you have with yourself, right? Yeah. And I had moments there of like, I'm like, okay, like just try to run the pace you need to run. Like you still have a possibility to do well <laughs> if you could just run. So I got run. in maybe like a kilometer of like 420 Ks, 430 Ks, which was kind of where I wanted to be for pace wise. And then 
just every now and then I'd have like one breath where I breathe too hard and I'm like ow I'm like I can't do this and I ran into my coach and my husband and uh, my son and my friends that were there I had two friends that flew out too to watch me to boot I'm like oh. this is such a disappointment to everybody um I'm like just let me try just let me try and I got to the turnaround and walked back with another friend that wasn't having a good day either um and she's just like oh she's just like I'm, I don't care she's just like I'm gonna have the worst race ever but I'm gonna finish like walk with me I'm like I'm not fucking walking the rest of the way. Yeah. I got no, I, I, I don't need to prove that I can finish this race at this point. I'm like, I, I know I can. Everybody knows I can. I'm like, I no, 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 no. <laughs> and yeah. made it back to the next aid station where like my coach and my friends and family and everybody were and pulled the pin there. So yeah, that was, that was that, that was awful. I don't think I've ever cried so much during a race. And it was just like, it wasn't even just pain. It was just like mentally, like totally. it was so crushing. Right. Yeah. So it's such I, a big I mean, build to the world cha- championships. So it's all of that emotion and um, mental focus that you've put into just getting to the start line that just obviously come is going to come out obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah kind of a really shitty situation and then well to make matters even worse they finally got me out to the hospital there to do x-rays and a ct scan and everything and they missed my broken rib completely missed it so they basically just gave me a bunch of painkillers and they're like you if you didn't hit your head you didn't get a concussion which we all know is bogus Cause you don't actually have to hit your head to, I'm like, when you go from 50 kilometers an hour to zero in like a half a second, there's no doubt that your brain got sloshed around inside your head. Right. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a really bogus hospital trip. Yep. <laughs> Nothing really came out of it. Yep. And I mean, at that point, I think I was still running on some adrenaline and everything else. Um, and then the next, no, the next day was awful. Oh my God. I, I am not even joking. I would go through labor again over the amount of pain that, that I was in from like through my ribs. And then the, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like I, and I did my labor almost, almost all pain, pain pain-free or pain, pain relief free. (laughs) Put it that way. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was awful. Um, but then, yeah, after a few days, I'm like, well, they didn't find anything. Like, it's just got to be soft tissue. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, Arizona's coming up. I'm like, I'm going to end the year with that, you know, on a good note. I'm like, I had an amazing race in Arizona the year before ran a, a PB marathon. And I'm like, I got this, like, let's just finish on a good note. Right. And then by the time I got back here, I'm like, I don't know. I can't believe how much pain I'm still in. There's got to be something missed. And there was, it was the broken rib, which was displaced. So it wasn't even just like a hairline fracture. It was sitting kind of like near that. Yeah, right. So kind of obvious, you'd think. Yeah, I don't know how they missed it. Because by the time I saw a specialist, like a surgeon, 
and he got the the things from Kona he's like it was so obvious on those on that cat scan I'm like don't even tell me that like I don't even want to hear that at this point uh, um so once we figured out it was broken everybody's like there's like you can't race you can't like I'm like but I I, I can I can take painkillers and everything will be good <laughs> right I'm like I don't want to end the year on this note uh, and so yes Arizona was out and then we're like okay you know what if we are really like diligent about healing this thing properly doing all the right things New Zealand will get you like Ah, right yeah and it ended up taking until about mid-March for me to be almost all pain-free so November December January February March so like five months yeah and at that time that's when COVID decided to yeah basically take the world down yep so <laughs> like a motorbike take uh, an my <laughs> hopes of racing in the spring kind of disappeared with COVID and then we're like oh you know like things will be better by summer no yep. how about fall no yep. how about this spring no <laughs> so yeah. I, I mean it yeah it sucks um it's yeah it is what it is I mean physically I'm great now I'm you know my ribs healed my concussion symptoms are all gone um I still have a funky indent in my quad though from where I hit my um arrow bar pad it's funny it's like a full indent in my muscle oh my god yeah that's a so I have I'm not gonna be a leg model anytime soon (laughs) damn it I know there goes my backup plan, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's kind of weird, but it doesn't cause me any problems. It just looks funky. So right. that's right. Story to tell. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I like physically I'm ready to go now. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm good. So I'm just, I'm not finishing my career as a pro on that note in Kona so now I'm just waiting for things to I know well our travel restrictions are not helping my situation at all right now but you ended up taking the bull by the horns and just doing your own iron distance triathlon (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic because were you just like I've I've had enough fuck it this is what I'm doing oh I don't we come up with really weird ideas sometimes. I don't know between my coach and I love my husband to death, but when he's had a few beers in him, he has really good ideas. (laughs) We all all know how that goes. And it just came up in conversation like a week before the race was supposed to happen here. um, That one of the other Jeff Simons was apparently talking about maybe doing it yeah. and we're both coached by Johnny and I'm like he's like yeah he's like I think that's a fantastic idea you t- should totally do it I'm like are you serious like <laughs> I have swam once since Kona because yeah. of my rib and then the pool shut down and then I had a kid at home full-time so I couldn't swim yeah and my last long run, I think, was about six weeks ago, and it may, it may have been 
an hour and a half, two hours, maybe. <laughs> like I've done quite a bit of biking, but I'm, I'm, I'm not quite, don't really see your logic here, right? <laughs> and I said something to my husband and he's like, oh, he's like, that's a great idea. I totally think you should do it. And then our friends are around too. And they're like, we're going to get the media and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh God, you guys, come on. Like, the, <laughs> like this was kind of like a joke on my end of things, which now everybody's taking seriously. Um, so once I kind of thought about it a little bit more, I'm like, you know what? Like, this is all sucked for all of us that have been training and not being able to race. And I think it's been tough mentally, mostly, right? Because it's, yeah. you can't just wake up and decide to do an Ironman a week from now if they, they're going to hold an event. But then do you want to invest that much training into an event that's not going to happen either, right? Yeah. And we're all just in that unknown. And it was just like, I think we all had our hopes up that things would have gotten better by the end of the summer yeah and that Ironman Canada would have and I mean not to mention that everybody was so excited to have the race back here finally yeah exactly. um, right like yeah. it was just a whole lot of like this sucks yeah and I kind of just said I'm like you know what like I'm not going to be racing anytime soon because there are no events happening it's not going to cost me anything to go do this. I'm like mm. my, my husband and my coach, they're like, we'll be your support for the day. Yeah. Um, like let's do it. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Like if I can maybe just motivate or inspire anybody who's watching, um, you know, my craziness, um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> um, you know, just to put a smile on people's faces and just say like, look, you know what? Like things are going to return back to normal. Like this is going to happen that it was supposed to happen. Like, I don't know. Like I just was hoping it would bring some sort of good. I'm like, I'm not, I was really just out there to do it. And yeah. then on the other note, I'm like, you know what, let's have some fun with this. So I'm like, my husband paddleboarded for us. And then, um, they took, Johnny's van around the bike course and like every station they had like music blaring for me and all my oh, you know ha so bottle cool. handoffs and then we strapped our big speaker to the back of a bike that my <laughs> husband was riding and then he rode in front of me the whole time for the ride with like this super awesome playlist that we made blaring full blast yeah and just drawing people's random attention and I don't know we just we tried to have some fun with it and smile about it and yeah it probably wasn't the smartest thing to do but it was I had fun with it right like it was <laughs> it was good well but so, like you say it's not like there's any races coming up around the corner so <laughs> it's a big training day for you mm. um and I think you know and we've all been in this situation throughout the pandemic is just that lack of control and the the unknown it, that by doing something like that as well for you personally I imagine it's yeah. it's taking back a bit of control like this is what I'm going to do with all of the you know work and fitness or, or whatever it's it's my opportunity to take that back a little bit um and then obviously pay it forward as well in the hopes that people would be a little bit inspired or or think you're crazy and laugh and have fun with it or, or whatever. Yeah, no, and that's, uh, that's kind of 
where I was at too, um, mm. was, yeah, I'm like, I, I need to remind myself that mm. I love doing this Yeah, and that's, you know what I mean? That's kind of, that was, I would have to say probably a lot of that, that day as well. Yeah. It was like, you know, I'm going to get out and do this because I actually love doing yep. this. Yeah. Not because it's my job, not because mm-hmm. I, you know, I just signed up for a race and I'm training all year for it, but it's because I actually love it. Yeah. And it was really cool because um, Rachel McBride and Steph Corker showed up and Best. swam with me. Yeah. Like they, uh, she messaged me, I think the night before and she's like, Hey, do you have an extra wetsuit that Steph could use? I'm like, yeah, but I'm here and you're where? And they're like, we're coming through tomorrow morning. Do you want somebody to swim with you? I'm like, that's yes, unreal. that's awesome. Right. Good people. Um, so yeah, just like cool things like that. Right. So yeah. yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think in today's days, we all need something to smile about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. Absolutely. So- <laughs> couldn't, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to go back to this, but I, I've yeah. just been making notes because I'm like, oh, there's still something I wanted to ask. But back with the, the Kona race, the what did the media motorcycle, what did they do? Did they stay there for a while and make sure that you're okay and call the right people to try and get you tech support? Or was it sorry and then they left? Or you don't even remember? I know that they were there only because <laughs> I... I was pretty sure my husband was going to literally murder them. Right. <laughs> I do remember him yelling at them. Got it. <laughs> um, and fair enough. Yeah. I don't blame him. I would have done the same thing. And had I not been so like focused on trying to get back out on the race course, I probably would have turned around and done the same thing. Yeah. Something probably not professional but (laughs) I have to be careful right yeah Uh, (laughs) um and I know from some of the pictures that I got that the motorcycle was still there but I don't know I honestly have no idea if they attempted to do anything at all um yeah Yeah. I don't I do remember that they pulled up beside me out on the Queen K and said something to me and I think i pretty much just flip back at them or gave them the bird one of the two because I was like sorry doesn't cut it like sorry does not cut what you what you did to me so no but no yeah and what was Iron Man's response uh well um they they obviously set me up to go out to the hospital um after I was taken off the race course um but since then we haven't had much conversation um I have voiced my like I mean as athletes obviously we all need to work to make it to the world championships like that's it's qualification it's the best of the best right yeah yeah but I did prove that I was supposed to be there and somebody involved with that organization took that away from me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was fair to ask for a spot into, well, it would have been last year's race, but because of COVID it's complicated things. So yeah. I'm going to say the next world championship 
yeah. as a kind of replacement for what happened. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, there has been pretty much silence on the other end regarding that. So, yeah. Oh, that's so. I mean, I part well had the race actually been happened if COVID hadn't happened. I'm sure that there would have been a little bit more communication or at least definitely more pursuance on my end for sure. sure. Um, when the time is right, right. And we know that the races are going to be happening. I will be pursuing it again. Um, for sure. I'm not letting it go. Um, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I've, I've proved, I've proved my point that I, you know, I do deserve to be there. Um, and to, to have that happen, uh, was, awful right so I'm I'm not asking for you know a free spot it's like hey you know give me a spot because I need a spot (laughs) yeah yeah um I just feel like from an at or from a organizational point of view um if they're really trying to look after their athletes especially the pros that it's just the right thing to do yeah and I would I would if it was any other pro in my situation, I would expect the exact same thing. Like I, there's just, it's just the right thing to do. Or at least that's my, my opinion. So yeah, if I think COVID kind of screwed with that a little bit. Um, So yeah, once, once the races are up and running again, and we know kind of where I'm going to be able to race when Kona is going to happen again, then I will be diving back into that. Excellent. And I will report back. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very interested. Yes. Find out what happens. Um, Yeah. yeah, Very poor timing with the pandemic. But yeah, I I think, God, that is the very least, in my opinion, the very least uh, that they can do um, to to make up for something like that. Um, Yeah, that's shit but anyway, yeah let's yeah <laughs> it is <Yes. laughs> that's that's actually kind of saying it nicely but <laughs> yes who knew that i could hold back uh- <laughs> i know exactly right <laughs> we gotta make it at least like maybe 14 plus rated right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey oh, so, so how old's your son uh he's nine. Oh well he, he'll be nine in may okay oh very soon. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and just while we're on the subject of children, you also have a new furry child in, in, the, in the household. Do. I do. <laughs> he's, oh, he's sleeping on my sweaty clothes right now. <laughs> ah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time to put them all away. I, like, I pretty much ran in the door like five minutes before I had to get on with you. So. <laughs> That's right. You should see the nightmare behind the screens here. It's it's okay. Organized chaos is what we call it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's what works for you. <laughs> but yes, I do have a brand new fur baby. <laughs> Little golden retriever. He is delicious. Um, and mm-hmm. I expect lots of photo updates on on the old gram, please. More puppies. Yes, I actually I created an Instagram page for him. <laughs> it's enzo underscore the golden 26 enzo underscore the golden 26 
Yeah. Did you find them? Oh, there's a few Enzo Goldens. I know. That's why oh, I had heck. to put the 26. I know. <laughs> Got him. What's the 26 stand for? Uh, oh, he was da- born on January 26. Got it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's so delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I have a few should... more pictures. Sorry? I was just going to say, I probably shouldn't sit here recording a podcast just scrolling through your Instagram feed. <laughs> um, I'm not sure it's going to be all of that entertaining for our listeners. Uh, but there you go. If you want to see a cute dog, uh, head to Enzo underscore the golden 26. Highly recommend. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, He's adorable. <laughs> sorry. And what's your son's name? Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. I wanted to, because you said this uh, very early on uh, in our chat about, um, I guess, taking the leap into becoming a professional triathlete. Um, How old was your son when you made that decision? Um, Like when I... When you decided to go first race pro, quit quit the the time. Um, He would have been three. Right. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess so, this, this almost probably comes from quite a, a yeah okay so that's how, how old Frankie is at the moment so this is probably coming from more of a personal kind of curiosity um, yeah because I guess I've always lived my life um, in a work capacity just following what I want to do not really caring <laughs> about how much I earn all that kind of stuff and then I've gotten to this point in my life and I've got a two and a half year old and I'm like shit, maybe I should have been a little, uh, you know, sort of put some money aside for the off chance that I might want a kid one day and, you know, maybe a bit more security. You know, That's just kind of what's going, that's what's happening in my world at the moment. Yeah. So how, how did you go, um, obviously going from quite a secure job with a secure future, um, how did how did that sort of internal monologue, or I guess external monologue, because I assume you probably spoke to your husband about it before you quit your job, but... I well, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we did have that conversation. It's probably a good thing to discuss with with yeah. your significant other. But how was it? Was it a hard decision to make? Like, what were kind of some of the, the things that came up um, in those conversations? So there's a, there's actually a few more kind of details to why I quit. Oh, okay. um, Ooh, maybe yeah, I am digging well, up dirt. Am I? Yeah, <laughs> Um, so I have epilepsy, right? And I, yeah, so I had a really bad period of time where I had a lot of seizures and they're, Mm -hmm. they're full like grandma seizures where I don't breathe or anything. Um, and I was on a, um, like a pre-surgical basically screening list where we were going through all the testing to possibly have brain surgery to take out that part of the brain that causes the seizures. I know it sounds really like crazy, but it's actually not as crazy as it does sound. It's actually quite safe in the, <laughs> but still it just, they're, they're I know. Into your brain. I know, but I am not a fan of taking medications, especially medications that haven't been around for a really long period of time. You really don't know the long-term side effects sure. of and at that time, the medication I was on wasn't working either. So I'm like, I'm just not into being drugged all the time if I don't have to be. But um, we did a lot of memory testing. And it turns out I am verbally stupid. And, <laughs> this is, uh, and visually semi-smart. 
<laughs> I've just come up with the um the title of your podcast episode. Jen and Ed, verb- verb- verbally stupid, visually smart. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Right. Sorry, continue. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to joke about it because I'm like, you know what? I can't do anything to change it. And it is the truth. So basically my my verbal memory is um moderately damaged I guess or I have moderate loss from it what what Um, does verbal verbal memory mean so like when people tell me things I don't retain it so Uh, visual memory so when I see things I can remember things right uh, okay Uh, but when people are talking to me about stuff it's I have to really really concentrate to remember what it is that you have told me (laughs) oh right yeah yeah so so sorry because now I'm super fascinated in this so would you say that learning and I guess um excuse my ignorance but do do you have epilepsy pretty much from day dot or is it something that can happen later on in life it's something that you can be born with. It's something that can disappear. It's something that can come on later on in life. There's a lot of unknowns with what causes it and triggers and everything else. So I want to say usually people are born with it. Mine started after I was hit by a car in 2008. Oh, um, okay. That's when I started having seizures. They've been under control though for I think almost eight years now, not no seven years now. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Yeah. So, um, and it's basically epilepsy is just once you have, I think two or more seizures for like no apparent reason, you're classified as an epileptic. Um, oh. they don't know. I have no idea what my triggers are and it's actually, it really sucks because I have no idea. Um, yeah. other than the fact that I used to always have my seizures during off season when I wasn't really training at all. I've never had a seizure during full-time training ever. Interesting. Could be coincidence, but that was the pattern. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so basically I've been diagnosed with epilepsy because I had these, all these seizures and they don't know why. Yeah. And I have scar tissue in my brain that they did find. So that's where they're thinking it's stemming from, which is what they would have taken out if they'd done the surgery. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I feel like I went way off tangent on that. (laughs) I I honestly can't remember what the question was. (laughs) (laughs) How's your memory there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm verbally stupid. (laughs) I'm sorry oh gosh do you um do you do you need to disclose that you have epilepsy when you're racing or anything is is that yes yeah okay so up until the last year that I raced um when there was obviously some changes um they used to give me a different colored swim cap because it's the swim that's the most dangerous part yeah. If I have a seizure in the water, I'm dead. I hate to say it. That's the risk of it. <clears throat> um, yeah. So they would give me a different colored swim cap. Um, they unfortunately took that away in 2019 and basically just said, if you 
think your um, health situation is that much of a risk you shouldn't be raising. So, yes. get the fuck out. They took that away. <laughs> oh my yeah. fuck. Which makes no sense to me, but I can't argue with the way they're managing a, like it was never, there was, there were some changes with, I think Ironman in the last year. Um, well, that year, 2020 mm-hmm. doesn't count, but they had decided that it wasn't something that they wanted to continue doing. So I basically said, well, I want to race. I realize that it is definitely a risk. Like I, I, I do understand that. Um, but I'm taking my chances that I haven't had a seizure in this long that I'd be okay. So, but yes, it is disclosed. And yes, it was something that we managed, I think in a very safe way up until recently. So yes, there's my two bits. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. So I, do you know Susan Lackey who writes for Triathlete Magazine? Um, she's I don't awesome, recognize her name. Awesome but. woman. Uh, she's a age group triathlete, um, a, a journalist. Uh, she also happens to be hearing impaired and she told me a few stories. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And one of the things that she said was, she was told, and it, I think it was just at some small race that she couldn't do, she could do a team because they wouldn't allow her to swim because she was uh, hearing impaired. So it, it, she was deaf um, because they were worried that if she swam off course or if something happened, she couldn't, they couldn't get, get hold of her or catch her or, or, or whatever. And yeah. And, and then she's not actually, quite figuring that out. Mate, <laughs> And then she actually said to me, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but I assume that most people who are swimming in the ocean or whatever can't really hear much at all either. So that I have so of- much water in my ears all the time. Yeah. I can't hear anything. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> uh, but it, it kind of led to the conversation of, well, if you're going to stop, so, like she, she's obviously a competent swimmer. She's proven that she can swim, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you're going to stop someone from doing what they have trained for, why isn't why isn't there um, a checklist of, you know, everyone who su- signs up for an iron distance or a half iron distance or any kind of triathlon to say that to prove, oh, I've lost you. I oh, know there you are. Yeah, no, you're good. Sorry. To you're right. To prove that you can um, safely get through a three point eight k swim. Like, how many people do we see dragged out? Not so much in Kona, but in um, a- a- any iron distance race. Um, or how, yeah. how many people do we see dragged out of the water because they weren't sufficiently prepared to just to even finish the swim not even be competitive yeah. so this is where um and I'm clearly talking you know preaching to the converted here but every single person who gets on that start line is taking some form of a risk right and I and I do understand that your yes. your situation is is heightened um because you know of the of the epilepsy but I I don't what I don't understand is that that having having a swim cap is a different swim cap is such a great workaround to sort of say all right just you need to keep one eye on I just I don't right 
and especially in the pro field as well. Like you're not in amongst 2,000 people. Um, and based on your swim, you're going to be swimming alone, right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a low blow. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yes, basically. No, that's okay. Sorry. Um, I-, I don't. Yeah. Um, sorry. Can we just pause for one second? Just cause I hear Frankie awake and I'm just going to grab her. And Oh yeah. No, I actually just, that reason I got up is I realized my iPad is going to die too. And I don't want to okay. lose you. So all right. give, give me, okay. give me one minute. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't be. It's all good. Sorry. I'm just quickly setting her up. It's all, all good. I totally get it. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. I said, it's all good. I totally get it. <laughs> Especially these days as well. Like it, everyone's got a kid or a dog or a cat. I home. know. Well, even mine, because I just got back from my run and I had him in his crate. And of course he hears me home and I'm like, oh crap. I'm like, he's going to be whining the whole time. We're going to be on this. And then I'm like, if I let him out here, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to find a mess somewhere. I know he's probably yeah. peed somewhere. But I'm like, at least then he won't be whining. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh well. I like it. <laughs> I like the interruptions. I'll probably just leave that little bit of silence in there anyway, because I don't know, people can go get a coffee while they listen. No, there you go. <laughs> Pause, coffee break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and sorry, that was such a good story to be taking your break on. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. But yeah, so... Um, yeah. Sorry to make this about me for a second, but I actually, yeah. when I was um, coaching in triathlon, I was coaching a, I think I was assistant coach in this group. And one of the begin, there was, they're all beginners. And one of the athletes was mm-hmm. walking. So it's, uh, they're walking down the steps. It's kind of, it's in the, um, it, it's in the bay, but there's like a cornered off sort of jetty that goes all the way around. So yeah. it makes it like this big, massive pool. And she was walking down the steps and I was, someone else was already in the water, another coach. And I was sort of bringing up the rear and she went in and started fitting at the bottom of the steps. And I was right behind her and, and caught her. And I had no idea what was going on um, because she hadn't disclosed it, anything to us yeah. prior. Um, thankfully it was at the bottom of the steps and I managed to pull her in and we, we called the ambulance and everything. Um, so, so, so obviously I understand that yeah. it's, it's risky. I, I do understand that, but I think again, if, if I was aware of that, then we just would have made precautions to make sure yeah. that, yeah, she could do it safely. Um, <clears throat> like I'm not asking for special treatment. I thought it was a fairly simple fix, right? It's a but... different colored cap. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess we all sign waivers for a reason, but I, yeah, Mate, you get where so I'm going with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, other, other race organizations have been still been good with that. Um, right. So it was just the latter part of 2019 there that, uh, that kind of changed a bit. So, Jeez. and I can't say how things are right now because I haven't raced yeah. since then. So. All right, I have no stay idea, tuned. But Keep us posted on that yeah, one as well. We've got we I will. have to do another podcast apparently because we've got things to uh, to catch up <laughs> some on. Very uh, some unfinished business. <laughs> yes, a little bit. 
Um, but <laughs> I do. I, I want to go back to. I, I remember the yeah. question that I actually did ask you. Um, to, <laughs> I do too, actually. <laughs> okay. So, so taking that that leap of faith, that risk, uh, and I'm just saying risk because let's face it, there's not a whole lot of money and stability in professional triathlon, well, especially women's professional triathlon. Um, So um, yeah, what was kind of the conversations around that? And I guess what was the deciding factor that you're like, let's let's just do it? So basically what had happened is because like, well, I didn't like my job, but I was there because I it was stable and it helped pay the bills and it had really good benefits. And it was, it was a solid job to have a family with. Right. Um, but I started to struggle a lot with memory issues. And I, my boss at that time was a total bitch and she, she was on her way out to retirement and honestly didn't care at all. Right. So I wasn't getting any support from her on like help trying to do things. Um, and it was making my, well, it's just making everything super difficult. Cause I'm like, I know there's a workaround. I just got to figure out how to do it. Right. Like I'm not really that stupid. I just need to figure out how to, you know, do my job properly. Yeah. Cause I know I can do it. Um, and at that time my seizures were uncontrolled and my doctors had given me like just, well, my dose was that for like a 200 pound man like it was so I was getting no therapeutic effects and all the side effects and I started to get really really depressed and yeah well actually pretty much depressed would sum up all the rest of the symptoms um on top of things not going well with my job so I took a a leave from work um and once I figured out we kind of we saw my specialist we started um, transferring over to another drug to get rid of those side effects. Um, and one that is, I'm currently on, that's worked ever since. Mm. Um, and then once I honestly was away from that job for, you know, a month or so, I'm like, wow, I realized how much I hate that job and I don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. And it really just gave me a chance to prioritize my things in life. Like obviously my family is always going to be priority and being mm. able to support my family is as well. Mm. But I also was like, you know, if I don't at my age now, if I don't take this opportunity, maybe to pursue this and give it a shot, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance again, because I'm obviously I'm leaving this job. Yeah. So I either pursue this or I find another job and likely be not have the opportunity to pursue racing. Yep. again if that makes sense right yeah, yeah. Like you can't you can't leap that many times and yeah um and then you know I had the support from my husband um to go for it so that well I mean that sealed the deal right there yeah yeah for sure um and I mean I've got enough experience with different things that I'm like I'll, I'll always be able to find a job yeah um, like it's not like I'll ever be jobless I can always have something to fall back on so yeah. um yeah and then like at this point actually once I and I'm not retiring anytime soon don't take this the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> I do plan on racing for quite a number of number more years but Excellent. um my goal would be to transition into like coaching and like health and wellness kind of type 
that yeah. that thing so yeah. um but yeah I mean it it was a little nervous to leave that that job sure. but it um like I said once I looked at the big picture and had the support from my family then like let's do it yeah. <laughs> there's well, definitely a couple moments there where I'm like oh shit I don't know if I made the right decision yeah. but yeah we've made things work it's definitely yeah. not you know it's it's not a sport to make a lot of money in but yeah you also only live once right and then if we're able to yep. do the things that we want to do as a family and you know be able to pay for those things and all of that stuff then and that we're enjoying life that's really all that matters right exactly <laughs> and if the past 12 months has taught us anything it's that we've we've got to enjoy we've got to be happy um yeah yeah uh well good on you I think I mean you just said you know I was um supporting the family is is always going to be the number one priority but working in a bank being depressed um how much support can you give to your family when you're in that situation so to obviously in in retrospect it's easy yeah it's much easier to say it's it's a clear choice it's an it's an easy choice to to do what you love um but yeah I imagine that decision making process wouldn't have been easy but um congrats for, <laughs> for taking the lead because I don't I don't think um there's there's not a whole lot of people who 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 would do that um it's it's easier to just to stay safe to go for the secure yeah. option and there's, there's also nothing wrong with that it's that's up everyone's own call but i i applaud people who just chase it get after it so good for you gotta do what you gotta do right you only live once <laughs> exactly exactly right <laughs> um i've taken up so much of your time i'm so sorry um no that's just, okay i i got nothing else to do it's no races to uh, train for yeah exactly well it's finally nice out I can I can't go for a bike ride I got like two hours before Nixon gets off of school so ah okay well you should definitely go and do that um yeah Jen and Annette Jen Annette yeah (laughs) there you go just imagine the e is an i oh Annette Annette no Annette and it and it there you go there you go got it got it got it you got it (laughs) i'm gonna quiz you next time excellent (laughs) oh gosh thank you so so much for joining me and and sharing your story and probably sharing more of your story than you thought you were going to share uh but that's that's what happens here (laughs) Uh, it's all good you you asked me you warned me it's all good (laughs) yeah (laughs) Well, we'll definitely have to catch up again and uh, find out if anything has changed on quite a number of things for you. Yes. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, mate. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Leave us a comment. It gives us some feedback but also helps with our podcast ranking. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness and we'll speak to you in the next episode.